madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the workout room at Bally's Casino, we're starting out slow so we don't pull a hamstring. This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 237, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This week, following in the footsteps of such great news anchors, news anchors as Ron Burgundy, news, what did I, did I almost say anger there? That was really weird. <laughs> Uh, and Les Nessman and all the people at WKRP in Cincinnati, we here at Stamp Show here today bring you the news. <laughs> the UPU endorses compromise to let United States set pricing for incoming foreign mail. Yeah, this is a follow-up Ooh. from uh, one we did, what, three weeks ago? Oh, we did it. We've done it a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this happened in uh, a month ago, so... Actually, a couple weeks ago, but yeah. Well, I have a news release from the post office dated September 27th. Oh, that is a month ago. The day after the Universal Postal Union rejected a Trump administration plan for dealing with a flood of mostly Chinese packages, it overwhelmingly endorsed a compromise plan that will allow the United States, not the UPU, to set the prices for incoming foreign mail. The UPU is the United Nations specialized agency that facilitates the exchange of mail between countries worldwide. It was announced as a victory for the UPU and the United States at a news conference after the vote. No, it's just a victory for the United States. (laughs) Well, that's not necessarily true because based on their decision, not just the United States is going to be able to set their own rates. Right. Yeah, you have to do a lot of metric tons. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what the plan will do is allow the United States as early as next summer to establish a new and presumably more costly, really, you'd think so, price schedule for letters and packages from overseas. Other nations can follow setting their own prices over the next five years. Countries that have inbound letter post volumes in excess of 75,000 metric tons based on 2018 data, we'll be able to self-declare rates starting July 1st, 2020. That's a lot of freaking uh, mail. So I'm guessing a country like Botswana probably won't be setting their own rates. Right. (laughs) What is the difference between a metric ton and a ton? I don't know. One's in cursive. Hold on. I'm going to... A A metric ton ton weighs more. A ton is in English... A ton is in pounds, and the metric ton is in kilograms? It's oh. in meters. Cubed. No, wait. Let's that's volume. <laughs> a metric ton a equals 1,000 kilograms. Which is 2,200 pounds. Which roughly. is 20, which, yeah, 2,200. So it's 10% more. Yeah. Which is more, which is more than the U.S. So right. basically, I was right. Two, 10% yeah. more. Actually, it's 2,200 and 4.6 pounds. That's pounds per pounds versus kilograms. That was correct. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Go me. So almost 90,000 real tons. Wow. <laughs> real tons. Real tons. American tons. <laughs> American tons. 
While angered over a flood of Chinese packages, the president had threatened last October to end U.S. participation in the 145-year-old UPU and let the United States establish its own rate for foreign mails. The president was especially furious about Chinese merchants who were mailing small parcels into the United States, and they were doing so at prices cheaper than domestic mailers must pay. Yeah, I told, I said the story about my little clippers, my plastic clippers, and I bought them from China on eBay, and it was two dollars and forty cents. They sent it with shipping. With shipping, two dollars and forty cents, and here in the United States. If you just mailed it, forget about the cost of it. The postage on it was a dollar ninety eight at the time. So unless you can make the clippers for like six cents, it it didn't make any sense. Yeah, now just to mail a three ounce package to the person across the street from you is three dollars and sixty six cents. Well, is it really two two ounces? Because uh, I was mailing some stuff today for eBay. Two ounces cost 98 cents when it's a large item. And from China to here, instead of 98 cents, it was like 48 cents. So it's a full like 50 cents less. Yeah, But, but it probably cost you $5 to mail it to China, though. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, <laughs> way more than that. Well, no, two, uh, two ounces to China would have been $2.20. Oh, for a letter, but not a package. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the package yeah. is defined by the postal service as anything thicker than uh, than a quarter, a quarter of an inch. Quarter, yeah, a quarter of a yeah, metric they, inch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really get you on the package things. Oh God, yes. I've had so many things. I give Lloyd stuff to go down to the post office, and uh, he brings it back and says, "No, the postage on this is uh, four dollars and eighty cents." And go, why? And you go, because they say it's a, a package. And so I just take it and throw it in the mailbox and let it go. Haven't had one returned yet? Haven't had one returned. Well, we used to do Disney pins, and we always used the bubble mailers. So, I mean, just using the bubble mailer made it a package. Yeah, yeah. But that was funny because somebody actually put a... Somewhere online there was a... It used to be there was a backdoor method to get into a website where you could print through either PayPal or eBay the mailing labels. Mm -hmm. So you'd end up being able to print your mailing labels for your Disney pins using the, the PayPal or eBay thing. And it costs you their discounted rate instead of having to bring it to the <laughs> post office and actually pay. It was a pretty cool trick. Interesting. Well, the UPU is older than the UN itself. Founded in 1874, its mandate is to regulate the booming new, in the 19th century, international communication of letters and parcels. Families divided by waves of migration wanted to write to each other, send gifts and supplies from Scotland to Canada, from Poland to New Jersey, and from Borneo to Amsterdam. I'm going to question that last one. That may be true. I don't know. <laughs> this is an organization that serves humanity like no other organization, enthuses its director general, Bashar Hussein. We reach the furthest reaches of this planet in times of war, in times of peace. We have 7 million men and women who knock on your doors. 
We deliver people's aspirations and hopes to their loved ones. This man's really into his job. Yeah. <laughs> we deliver? No, the UP, UPU doesn't deliver. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just thinking. The UPU's role was and remains to regulate this international communication and ensure that postal rates are fair and affordable. Now that is fake news. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a perfectly reasonable goal and one that most national postal systems operate within their own territories as well. For example, the banker posting a letter from one side of Zurich to the other pays the same price for a stamp as the farmer in Glarus posting one to her student daughter in Geneva. When the UPU became a UN agency in 1948, amid the post-war enthusiasm for fairness and universality, that's not a real word, is it? There it, was no. It is. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> there was no real disagreement. The UPU has 192 member states. Any citizen of any one of them can buy stamps in his or her own country and know that those stamps will ensure their letter or parcel is delivered to any other country in the world. With maybe some exceptions for certain countries where mail doesn't get delivered very well. Well, hold on. There's 192 UPU members. How many UN members are there? There are uh, 193. So one person... Someone doesn't get the point. (laughs) It's one country that doesn't get mail. There are 195 countries in total, 193 members, one country, and we know who you are, Liechtenstein. Now, I, I'm kind of curious what the one country is. Hold on. Let me, let me Google. Country's not in the UPU. <laughs> this is riveting radio. Isn't it? <laughs> That's why we edit. The Federated States of Micronesia and Palau. They're not in the UN or yeah. in the, the UPU? newest member to join is South Sudan, which joined in October 2011. Oh, interesting. So the U.S. possessions. Right. And Andorra. Mm-hmm. Although the Vatican City is a member of the UPU, but not a member of the UN. And you know why? Because the Pope gets 75,000 metric tons of mail. <laughs> and Vatican City will be able to set their own rates. No, because uh, you, you cannot be a member of the UN if you are a monarchy. A monarchy cannot be a member of the uh, UN. And the Vatican is a monarchy. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. So. I, no, it's just in further news, we can go my, to that. My, my gut says that's doesn't sound right, but... Oh, no, I no, have, no. I have nothing to... The Holy See, uh, the Pope it has two uh, posts. He is the Holy See, which is actually the chair he sits in, and he is the emperor. He has two posts. And so he is not only the... He is... The Pope is a title. His actual... The actual uh, ruler is the Holy See, and it's a monarchy. And he establishes even who is a resident of the Vatican or not. You can't be a resident. If you're born in the Vatican, you're not a citizen. They only give citizenship to the Vatican, and they can renounce it at any time. In other news. (laughs) It's an interesting thing. 
Is that S E E or S E A? The Holy See. Uh, hold on. That seems strange to me. Because if it's S E A, I imagine wouldn't that let all the water drain out? S E E. Oh. Yep. That makes more sense. So the UPU has really been picking winners and losers in trade on a small scale because they're basically jacking up the price for anyone in the United States to mail anywhere else in the world. Well, one, of the, one of the things that they had decided to do was that countries that they designated as developing nations or basically what we would consider third world countries, um, the, since their economies are at a disadvantage to economies like they are here, um, they decided to give preferential rates uh, to those countries. Well, they still classify China as a, a developing economy. And so that puts it at a, uh, compared to the U.S. economy, uh, in the UPU's eyes, uh, that puts them at a distinct advantage. And so they get advantageous rates to, the U, to other countries. Yeah, it's a question of equity. They, right. they try to do right. what is fair. Right, but the point is, it's no longer fair. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say with the amount of with the amount of stuff that comes out of China, I don't think the UPU is really on point saying it's developing anymore. Yeah, I mean, and unless vast they're talking about vast, they're still developing their counterfeit network. Vast sure areas which. of China are uh, very poor and very uh, much uh, underdeveloped economically. Oh yeah, but China as a conglomerate nation is by far. Uh, not that inferior. I believe the average income in China just broke five thousand dollars. Hold on. Well, when I was there, but that's not the point. But that's not the point. When of the I was UPU, there twenty though. years ago, the average annual income for a, f a family in rural China was about six hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, but that's offset by the many many people that live in the cities that make much more than that. Yes. Well, in China, as the nation itself, since the government runs most of that stuff. Well, exactly. You know, go to Walmart and try and find something not made in China. Yeah. That's not developing country anymore. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I mis misread it. Um, China just broke $3,000. Uh, the average person in China makes about a uh, little over $3,000 a year now. And that's way up from where it used to be. I mean, here, you know, nobody lives on $3,000. But we have uh, stuff we have to buy from today, China. Today on Stamp Show here today, the <laughs> UPU and the Chinese economy, economic. the Chinese <laughs> economics. <laughs> well, in Washington... The U.S. Postal Service announces new prices for 2020, and the Nationals won the World Series. I would say yay, but I really don't care. I was just going to say, who cares? <laughs> Bryce Harper might. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of people who care. It's just... Yeah, there's probably a lot of bookies that care. Yeah. <laughs> it is a record-breaking World Series, though. That is true. No home Team one. one. Won a game. Not a single... Every seven-game series, 
every win was on the road. Yeah. So For, uh, first time in World Series history. So next year they say, you know, everybody's going to say, uh, can I just stay here? And <laughs> like, wa- no, and, you have to go home. And Washington's having a great time with uh, their Bryce Harper jokes, considering he left Washington Nationals for $330 million to go to Philly. (laughs) But all that aside, there's going to be no change in the price of forever stamps. Those price changes take effect January 26th, by the way. Oh, okay. So there will be no change. On January 26th. On January 26th. On January 26th, there will be no change in forever stamps. Well, the United States Postal Service filed notice with the Postal Regulatory Commission that, as we just said today, the price changes will take to take effect on January 26, 2020. Or not take and, effect on the January 26. Cha- <laughs> and the change is there's no change. <laughs> well, on actually, there are were, some yeah, yeah. packages. They hit, they hit everybody really good on uh, heavy stuff. The proposed prices approved by the governors of the Postal Service would raise mailing services would raise mailing services product prices approximately 1.9%. Shipping services price increases vary by product. For example, Priority Mail Express would increase 3.5% and Priority Mail would increase 4.1%. Priority Mail Express 3.5 and that's already not a cheap way to ship to begin that was $25. with. $25. Yeah. Holy cow. And that is that is actually on average. So, yeah, it went from. Uh, so we have more weird number, weird valued uh, stamps coming out. Then, as long as they keep coming out with cool priority mail express stamps. Oh, and speaking about and spoiler alert for uh, my favorite stamp that's coming out, the uh, Mayflower in Plymouth Harbor stamp. Have you seen that? It is a gorgeous stamp. It is gorgeous. We'll put something in here and let's discuss it next week. Okay. Although mailing services price increases are based on the consumer price index, shipping services prices are primarily adjusted according to market conditions. The governors believe these new rates will keep the postal service competitive while providing the agency with needed revenue. The day it becomes more expensive to ship via UP, USPS versus FedEx. Oh, yeah. Will not I think, be, will not I think be it's already there. I think we're getting close to it, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if uh, if Amazon doesn't get into the package delivery service where they'll pick up packages to deliver elsewhere. <laughs> well, In I, two days or less. I yeah. sold a Vatican hingeless uh, lighthouse albums, five of them. And I put them in a box, and via the post office, it was going to be $70. And via Federal Express, it was only $38. It was like FedEx Saver or whatever. It's like three or four day instead of next day. Well, but you don't get to choose for the post office. The post office, you know, gives you its service, and it is whatever. So FedEx, you know. They'll give you a service, but like 70 is the minimum. It only goes up from there. Yeah. We'll ship it Priority Mail Express, but it's going to be $500. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, with uh, FedEx is, you know, I sold it. I just sent the tracking to the person. I said, hey, you know, you can follow this on the computer, you know, log on each day and see what city it's in. Right. Whereas the post office, you have no ability to do that. It might get there quicker. 
but not the uncertainty of knowing versus the certainty of knowing. I think that that is something that's difficult to compete with. Well, if favorably reviewed by the Postal Regulatory Commission, the new prices will include no increase in the price of first-class mail forever stamp, which would remain at 55 cents. The single-piece letter additional ounce price would remain at 15 cents. Also unchanged would be the price of postcard stamps at 35 cents and one ounce flats at $1. The proposed mailing services price changes include... Um, A lot of them, like uh, outbound, we were talking outbound, about sending... Outbound international letters, $1.15 going to $1.20. Right, so shipping that one ounce to uh, China went up $0.05. Cents. Also, a preview for uh, next week's show. Letters metered one ounce are $0.50, cents, and they stayed at $0.50. Cents. That's an interesting story, and uh, we'll discuss it next time of how you can mail a letter for 50 cents instead of 55 instead of 55. Well, the other thing was that, uh, the post office had proposed to increase the forever stamp price to 60 cents. And part of their justification was the price has to be divisible by five. Yeah. I heard that one. (laughs) (laughs) And that was just ridiculous. I thought it was supposed to go backwards. Didn't that one guy just win that lawsuit or something? That was that was the law. Yeah, that's that why was there's the lawsuit, no change. Yeah. Oh, that's why there's no change. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Well, the proposed domestic priority flat rate retail price changes would be small flat rate boxes going from seven ninety to eight thirty, medium flat rates from fourteen thirty five to fifteen oh five, large flat rates would go up to twenty one ten. Okay, they're all divisible by five so far. Yep. Regular flat rate envelopes would be seven seventy five. They are all. Every single one is divisible by five. Legal flat rate envelopes to eight oh five. Padded flat rate envelopes to eight forty. So they got too many sizes or too many prices. It's crazy. It doesn't have express mail on this list. The postal service has some of the lowest letter mail posted rates in the industrialized world and also continues to offer a great value in shipping. Unlike some other shippers, the Postal Service does not add surcharges for fuel, residential delivery, or regular Saturday or holiday season delivery. The Commission will review the prices before they are scheduled to take effect on January 26th. The complete Postal Service pricing price filings with prices for all products can be found on the Regulatory Commission site under the daily, misti- daily listings section at prc.gov forward slash dockets forward slash daily. For the mailing services filing, see docket number R2020-1. So everybody pull over the car and write these numbers down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For the shipping services filing, see docket number CP2020-5. The price change tables are also available on the Postal Service's Postal Explorer website at pe.usps.com forward slash price change forward slash index. The Postal Service receives no tax dollars for operating expenses and relies solely on the sale of postage products and services to fund its operations. 
Okay. For U.S. Postal Service media resources, including broadcast quality, video and audio, and photo stills. Why am I reading this? Uh, I'm deleting that. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, I was like, we went from price changes to me doing a PSA for the Postal Service. So, uh, yeah. We're doing the virtual stamp club, too? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I got one more thing before that. Okay. Um. Not not noted on here, and I can give you the thing. Uh, the Postmaster General announced that she will be resigning or retiring. Oh yeah, I in heard January. That. Yep. So uh, that's also new news. That's only about a week old. So. So everybody, get your resumes in. Yep. <laughs> Cash, I know, is going to submit his. <laughs> so if you've been working for the post office for at least thirty-five years, you may submit your resume. Wow. Huh? Thirty-five years. That's. That's did you like pull normal. that? Out? Yeah, they pulled that out of my ass. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, they, well, they, they generally kid, promote from within. It needs to be a kid-friendly show. I was going to say out of your butt. <laughs> they, they generally promote from within. They don't don't hire from outside oh, the yeah. service. So, um, yeah, if if you're not a career designated, been there a long time, and been making a ton of money for doing very little work for a very long time, then you're probably not going to be oh, it's a eligible. Po- it's a political position. Of course it is. And the Postal Regulatory Commission is actually the body that selects the uh, new Postmaster General. So that's who you need to bribe. bribe. And considering that the uh, Senate just confirmed three more appointees to the Postal Regulatory Commission, I wonder what kind of political leaning that's going to... S- yeah. Well, but it shouldn't. It's not really a political post. It's more like a political yeah, favor post. It's patronage. So anyway, um, that's new news as well. I've worked for a uh, expertizing company for a long number of years. Do you think that counts? No. Yeah. Damn. Not when they listen to how you bash some of their stamp designs. Oh, I know. You know, we used to get retweeted all the time by the post office, and then... uh, Then you started doing memes. (laughs) It stopped. (laughs) Our next news story is from the Lloyd A. DeVries Virtual Stamp Club on October 22nd. Or from October 22nd. California and New York City are suing the U.S. Postal Service for delivering cigarettes from foreign countries to U.S. residents without paying the applicable taxes. Of course they are. The cigarettes are coming from Vietnam, China, Israel, and other countries. According to the Associated Press, the lawsuit filed in federal court in Brooklyn says the USPS is not enforcing a federal law that prohibits such deliveries and... and that costs California an average of $19 million a year in tax revenue, and New York City and state more than $21 million. And so maybe they ought to lower their tax rates. Well, yeah. one of the things, if uh, California got this taxes, there would be no fires, and mm. everybody would have electricity. Yeah, I'm thinking no. And no homeless people. And uh, dogs would uh, be very happy. Yeah, you can cut that out. It's a little political. Oh, okay. what about these? What about these cigarettes? Are they are they real cigarettes? Are these like Chinese branded cigarettes, or is it? Well, yeah. If you if you don't have to pay the taxes, and the taxes on I, I don't smoke, but you know, cigarettes are what like eight dollars a pack or something like that. 
Well, seven, but I think what Mark's asking is, it, of it is yeah, I, I think what Mark's <laughs> asking is, are they like camel cigarettes spelled right. C A M E L L? Yeah. <laughs> or are you buying, you know, pack of linglings, you know, yeah. something like that? <laughs> General chose uh, cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're if they're branded in that country, what does it matter? Oh, I guarantee you, they're going to be normal cigarettes from. You know, the corporations that you, you know, Philip Morris and everything like that, but they're packaged in Vietnam or China. And then oh, they so stick they... them in a box because cigarettes are really super light. Right. So it's Com- not going to be really expensive. Coming from some of these outside countries that they list, all I can think of is the, the movie Good Morning Vietnam and just, just a touch of formaldehyde for flavor. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, they, so these are genuine, like, U.S. branded cigarettes that are made outside of the United States and being shipped to people I do not purchase know. over the internet or well I again I don't smoke so I don't yeah. know the quality control of a cigarette right but you know there's the old saying that uh, c- cigarettes are like squirrels they're perfectly fine until you stick one in your mouth and light it on fire ah all right then I've heard that one before well, an estimated 6 million packs of cigarettes are delivered by mail each year in California and 5 million in New York State. The plaintiffs want the court to order the postal agency to intercept and destroy these packages. The USPS says it does not comment on active lawsuits. How the heck is the post office going to find out if there's cigarettes in a box? Well, you grab the box and if it only weighs three ounces... <laughs> Or maybe uh, cigarette-sniffing dogs. So what are they going to do, light it on fire? (laughs) Inhale? I have no clue. You know, they're going to put this on the post office instead of, I don't know, going after the the people. The customs service? Yeah, the customs service or something. Seems to me to be odd, to say the least. Yeah, I think you want to spend more of your time... Looking at packages coming from farming communities in Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> Why blame the delivery guy? Well, they were talking about fentanyl going through the mail. Uh huh. And fentanyl is so again that's deadly. on the custom service, not the yeah. postal service. But you can send if you got like six grams of fentanyl, that's enough to you know that's a huge huge amount, and it's only six grams. I mean, obviously, cigarettes, you know, are probably easier. And uh, who knows? Now with the UPU changing, maybe China won't be able to ship them. Yeah. It'll be prohibitive. But yeah, I think it's interesting because what must the tax... I know I lived in California, and I know California taxes the heck out of everything. But... Uh, well, so does New York. Well, California, off 6 million packs of cigarettes, got $19 million dollars. But New York got $21 million off of 5 million packs of cigarettes. So that means that the... Taxes in New York are higher? Yes, they are. Well, th- that means that it's about $3 a pack for California and $4 a pack for New York. Per I've pack. Heard, I've Go heard fig- of people going to Indian reservations to buy cigarettes because you could avoid the federal oh, yeah. tax. Yeah, that's happened all over. I mean, you know, people in Northern California buy their stuff in Oregon to avoid sales tax. Right. 
and I buy my gas in Nevada before I drive to California because California is about four dollars a gallon now. It's the just exact as long same as you don't gas. buy it at state line. It's the yeah. exact same gas too because they they load it up in trucks in California and they drive it over here. Yeah, we uh, Nevada gets <laughs> it's all literally its gas. the exact same gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nevada gets all its uh, Southern Nevada, Los Las Vegas area gets all its gas from California, and there's no pipelines. And it's a buck cheaper a gallon here. And it's a, yeah. <laughs> on average. Yep. Well, I don't know about currently, but there's a Sacramento Bee article from 2017 where the cigarette tax in California went from 87 cents to two dollars and 87 cents oh. per pack. Well, that that makes the math work. Yeah, about three bucks a pack. Wow. Says for most smokers, that will put the cost of a standard pack of cigarettes in the eight to nine dollar ballpark. Yeah, I guess you really got to hate yourself to put that kind of financial and physical abuse. You know, it, I was talking with a person, Dave, today, and I was commenting that I never got into drugs or cigarettes or alcohol because I usually spent all my money on stamps. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, because <laughs> I have a stamp collection now, whereas if I uh, smoked, you know, maybe my stamp collection would be much, much smaller. Yep. Especially at eight bucks a pack. That's ridiculous. The state excise tax in New York is $4.35. Yep. New York City's five eighty-five. Wow. Six bucks a pack. No wonder they're mailing them in. Just for the t- just for the tax, yeah. That's what it says. Uh, well, this is just a blurb, so I don't know how. Oh no, this says October eighteenth, twenty nineteen. The state excise tax rate is four dollars and thirty five cents per package of twenty cigarettes. The New York City local excise tax is a dollar fifty, bringing the combined rate to five eighty five. So a dollar fifty more if you buy them in the city. It would be shocking if people didn't mail in cigarettes <laughs> from other places that didn't have $5 per pack. $5 a pack of cigarettes. I should start mailing them from well, what, California uh, and make $2. What, there's, so there's uh, 10 packs in a carton, I think. So that's $50 in tax if you're buying them by the carton. Wow. So I can ship. That's I can, a, and that's just the state tax. 10 packs. I could make 20 bucks by buying them in California and shipping them to New York. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's also kind of illegal. Well, yeah. Yeah, we may be un- un- uncovering an underground economy here. Yeah. Stamp show here tonight. If Stamp show here to Stamp show here tonight. <laughs> we should rename the podcast. Stamp show here today does not endorse the mailing of cigarettes across state lines. Actually, I think we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't endorse it, but it sure sounds like a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Buy them in Idaho and ship them. Yeah. (laughs) Then you can make even more money. Well, you have been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 237. This was Tom. This is Scott. This was Cash. This was Mark. (laughs) 
You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.